Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tino Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. And today's episode is, or I'm going to call it, the Warren Squared, uh, only because it's going to be a follow-up on the Demonology slash Warren episode that I had for episode 30, and I have a special guest today, Anna Romero, or aka Goddess Guidance, so I'm not going to attempt to explain what she does, because I'm going to fuck it up, I know I will, so instead I will let her explain everything that she does. Anna, go ahead, tell us what you do. Hello, thank you brother for having me on the show, as we all introduced me as I am Anna Romero, the listen creator behind Goddess Guidance. I am a light worker. I am a curandera. I am an intuitive mentor and reader. And I am here to be of service for others, just be of service to others, helping with the spirituality and overall self-empowerment. So now you said curandera. Does that translate to healer for all my English listeners? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Curandera is a Mexican, Mexican healer. Yes. Uh, and- is there any special programs or class that we can take just in case we want to try that? Is there something that's gifted or you just kind of grow up with knowing that that is your path? For me, I was not an educational path in terms of courses and schooling. For me, it was um, cultural and passed down to my, um, through my lineage and my ancestors. And it is something that I was born into. It was something that as I grew up, I just kind of started to realize these things that I was gifted with that I was born with that just were part of who I was in my family, my culture, and my tradition. So it wasn't like one day I decided these things started to present themselves in my path in various forms. Oh, okay. So it was just a, a calling that you answered without knowing that you were being called until later in life. Exactly. Oh, I like it. I'm jealous. I didn't get that calling. I think they don't have my email address, but uh, we'll wait. <laughs> You'd be surprised what your calling is. You'd be surprised. Well, I mean, if you remember from the Warrens episode, I proclaim myself as a demonologist and I am going to run with that title. I mean, if Ed Warren can do it, why can't I do it? I mean, so I'm, you know, and as leading demonologist in my household, I feel like I am very uh, educated and uh, appropriate for the discussion we're going to have today. So, <laughs> okay, we'll get into that when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're familiar with the Warrens, right? Ed and Lorraine? I am. Okay. So on the last episode or my, on the Warrens episode, I read that. Lorraine, Lorraine Warren is a, a, a clairvoyant. What is that? What is exactly a clairvoyant? I explained it to my listeners as just an advanced medium. Okay. Then let me ask you this. What is a medium? A medium is the one is the medium is the, from my understanding is the person who can have contact with the, with the other worlds and in, in the actual human form, both at the same time and being able to, to, uh, Kind of be the the middleman, the the messenger for both sides. So kind of like the telephone company, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, so what would an advanced medium be then? I don't know. Take away the word clairvoyant. But what is a what is an advanced medium? See, what does that mean to you? To me, you would be able. For me, what I would think is that you have the ability to see, feel, smell, touch, and have a clear conversation with the with the other other. You know, except for. Uh, just having signs and flickering lights and presence and energy. That's that's my idea of what an advanced uh, medium would be. That's kind of, yes, kind of, I wouldn't use the word advanced, but yes, there are different, I guess, levels of mediumship. And 
clairvoyant, the word actually means clear seeing. And what that what that means is um, you receive inf information comes to you in the form of visual images, whether it be words or phases or symbols, whatever information comes to you, you see, you, you see images of it. Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I never okay. knew that. And there's, there's different clairs. I don't know if you're familiar, but they're called the clairs. There are different clairs. Are you familiar with them? No, the only clair I was familiar with is uh, Claire Huxable. <laughs> and you know what to this day she is still shining out there so everybody wants to be a claire huxtable yeah shit i'm i'm jealous of claire i wanted to be her when i was young dude she's like apostle creek jr's mom yeah and that's crazy huh yes i'm not mad at that well look the, there are different clairs but the basic of five clairs there's clairvoyant uh clairsentient which is clear feeling. So you get sensations and feelings of different things and information. And then there's claircognizant, claircognizant, which is all knowing. So it's like, um, you kind of just all of a sudden you have this information and you just know it without really it not being communicated to you, you know, physically or through, you know, a course or anything. You just know this information. It's, it, they call it, um, it's like you receive it in download. Meaning like you could be sleeping or you could just be relaxing. All of a sudden you start receiving like this flood of information and we refer to those as downloads. And sometimes, anyway, we'll skip, we'll, we're not going to go into details on that. And so, um, oh, I only did three. Yeah. Oh no, clear audience, which is clear hearing. You hear the information internally as thoughts and not necessarily as actual voices. So um, sometimes you get confused with your own thoughts. Like, am I thinking this or am I actually hearing this? But you... As you practice and you hone in on the skill, you learn how to turn your own thoughts off and kind of push them to the side for a moment and start to listen to what's coming to you in terms of, you know, um, the, uh, the, the clairsentient, I mean, the clairaudient method or a form, I guess. I did not know it went into that detail of the difference. There's another one that I can't, I forget off the top of my head. I don't know what it is, but it yeah, is. it, um, it is very, it's exciting. Sometimes it's scary, but for the most part, it's, I, I like it. I have, I can relate to it and I enjoy it. Well, then that's, it's all, it's all for the bonus and for the good then. I mean, if you hated it, could you imagine being stuck with that and then not, not enjoying it? Some people do. Some people do hate it. They hate the fact that they have it or that they're, you know, that they are born with these abilities or that they are, you know, are called to be mediums and they don't know what to do with it. It scares them and they're, for, say, for example, our brother, our little brother, he has some of these gifts, too, and you see how he relates to it. It's very it's very traumatizing to him. So we'll call those the herpes. You can just call them the clairs. Well, it's because, I mean, they, oh, know, they know they have it and they don't like it, so... <laughs> The herps, they got the herps. <laughs> well, I mean. Oh my God. With, okay, for the sake of argument without taking any offense to anybody that has the clairs, in this particular instance, we'll refer to them as the herpes. <laughs> the herpes, you know? <laughs> so, and oh then uh, on your website, so I actually have a friend who was, uh, was curious on what kind of stuff she could look forward to if she went onto your website and, and seeked out your service. I told her, I don't know, but if you listen to today's show, then you will be more than happy to explain to my listeners what exactly can they see or find or hope to find if they go, when they go to your website. 
first and foremost, I want to thank you for providing this space and this platform to bring me on so that I can introduce myself and so that you and I can have a conversation. Because as you know, uh, when it comes to the supernatural or metaphysical, people just aren't down and it's a very um, judgmental situation. So again, I thank you for creating this space and this platform for us to have this conversation. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you, brother. You're very welcome. Okay, so yes, um, on my website, first and foremost, when you visit it, which by the way, it's AnnaMRomero.com, and that's Anna with two N's. I hope my brother's going to list it in the, in the notes for you guys. Oh, it's already on my, uh, it's on my Podbean oh. website as well on the sidebar. Just go to links and Perfect. her name is right there. Awesome. Thank you very much. One, so upon visiting my website, you will just see a brief introduction of me. You will have access to my blog slash journal. It's very, um, I don't like to use, oh, I keep it a hundred or it's authentic, but I do my best to write just as the same way as I live. So I, I do my best to do that. You will find a link to my YouTube channel, which I share some various um, <clears throat> intuitive card reading type situations. You will have uh, access to upcoming events. For example, just as my brother is hosting me on his podcast today. I also host him and other people on my um Goddess Guidance page on Facebook and on Instagram discussing various topics, but primarily it's been about the supernatural. And then you will also see testimonials, which is just, you know, some <clears throat> feedback from people that have worked with me, which is very, very important because as you can see, as you all know, it's basically the root of mouth situation. You know, who can say, like, you know, I have this, this paper and this documentation that, you know, this service, this is how the service went. It's not really that type of situation if you understand what i mean uh let's see what else is on. oh and you will find ways to work with me and currently the only service i offer at this time are intuitive readings and what that consists of is i intuitively oh let's see i okay i have uh, i refer to it as your spiritual your divine spiritual support team that is source god spirit however you choose to refer what name you choose to use excuse me your ancestors your guides your guardian angels, that to me, that's what I refer to as your divine spiritual support team. I connect or um, allow myself to be the vessel for communication. And sometimes I use divination tools, whether it be cards or, you know, um, books or candles, what divination tools vary. And the messages come through through cards or just come through intuitively through the clairs that we I shared with you earlier, and it's just a matter of providing insight and guidance and empowerment for you and in your life. So that's what an intuitive reading consists of, and that's the service I offer. Now, I am going to say, give a little bit of a disclosure. I do not work, do prediction work whatsoever. Yes, I have the ability to do so. However, that is not my path. That is not the work that I've been called to do. And a lot of times, as you know, and I'm going to not to say that everybody says this or wants this, but, you know, commercially and, you know, for the most part, what you see out in society in the public is people want to know things. When am I going to die? Um, am I going to, you know, when am I going to win the lottery? Or, you know, you get what I'm saying? It's like they want these predictions and I don't work in that area. I choose not to because that is not where I'm called to. I, my work is specifically insight, guidance and self-empowerment. So if they uh, PayPal'd you like an extra 50 bucks, can you curse somebody? I don't do hexes or spells. I, my work, I, I have the ability to do so, but I do not do dark magic. I only work in the light. That's why I am a light worker. But if you turn off the lights, technically. <laughs> if I chose to, I could, I have not. Yes, I could if I wanted to when I 
pursue that area, yes, but I do not within I don't do any dark magic whatsoever. All my enemies, you're lucky. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there is a there is a brief rundown on what she does, the services that she offers. Her website again, it's uh AnnaMRomero.com. Correct. AnnaMRomero.com. Again, it is you go to my Podbean uh website, just look it up on the sidebar on the links and you can just click it and it'll take you directly there. And she do what do you say? PayPal? Pigeons? Uh, you... Um, I believe it's PayPal, credit cards. I'm not sure, but I know definitely PayPal and credit cards are on there. Sweet. So for those of you who are interested, please visit that website. You know, let her know that you heard it from the Graveyard Grumbler. My best wishes. Hopefully she answers what you're looking for. So now that we got that out, go ahead. ahead. Hold on. Just now that you said that, if you mention that you you heard me or you heard about me on the Graveyard Grumbler, I will offer you a discount on the intuitive readings. So just let me know and I will surprise you with the discount. There you go. You heard it live right there discount when you go off when you mention my name that's see that's, that's a bonus right. of being my follower so <laughs> well i we thank you very very much for that offer and hopefully it's it, it is used i know a couple of people who are really interested that's why you're on the show i asked the question if they uh, awesome. wanted you uh if they were interested in hearing a light worker's perspective on the warrens cases and i had a few people actually tell me yeah then that would be pretty interesting so that's here great. you are i'm very happy to hear that thank you again so now let's get into it. So you've heard about the the Annabelle case, right? The the most one of the most infamous, not infamous, but the one of the most famous, scariest dolls that's ever been publicized in the entire world. And these nurses called the Warrens to help them out, the, the demonologist and the clairvoyant, to help control the haunting. Once uh, Ed and and Lorraine discovered that the the house was haunted and the doll was being used as a vessel that uh, they were the doll ended up being locked into a box and taken to their uh, occult museum in their own house, which I don't, I think is fucking stupid. But my question is how, if, if these people aren't priest or aren't any sort of strong religious force, how can they just sprinkle, let me see, let me get the rights notes because I won't quote myself wrong. So they, yeah, so they sprinkled holy water on the doll and locked it inside of the box. So my opinion is, or not my opinion, but my question is, how or why would they be able to do that with such a strong entity? And what would you have done differently? Well, in regards to the museum, I am not quite sure why that even exists, aside from the fact that they basically took home trophies, you know? Yeah, that's And I, I think that. that in addition to that, possibly another reason would be that if they kept these um, objects that contain this evilness and all this, you know, dark energy, if they had them in their house under control, they knew that they were literally under control. You get what I'm saying? So they basically, they knew if all the dogs are in the pound, the dogs aren't running around. They're not out there biting people or doing anything because they know they have them locked in the pound. You get what I'm saying That in terms of that reference? Right. I got that. That's the only other thing that I can think of, but I, I understand how it's possible even not being, you know, um, part of the clergy or part of, you know, a religious, I can't think of the word, but part of, I'm going to say Catholic, the Catholic church, because when you think of all these things and exorcism and everything, it's the Catholic church that comes, you know, front and center with all these things. Am I correct? Cause I mean, that's how, that's the religion that's most associated with situations like this. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. There's a lot yeah, of, uh, so, a lot of records showing that Ed would always uh, refer or reference and, and ask permission from the church in order to do certain things. 
Right. And um, I, I, I understand how it took place in terms of not necessarily controlling, but rather redirecting the evil into something else and, you know, taking it and keep it under lock and key. In terms of what I would have done differently, I wouldn't have taken it home. Not at all. No, you would have burned it. I no. would have burned it. Well, here's the thing. What happened? Can you destroy energy? No. Well, exactly. So what purpose does it serve to burn something? If all you have, if all it has to do is jump from one object to another because it's energy, how do you burn it and destroy it? That's a good question. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. That's where I'm, that's where I am in terms of, you know, because when you, when you read about these cases and you read about what people have to say, you know, I even wrote, read yesterday um, from a Catholic perspective on the forum. They were talking about how Ed Warren, that, you know, there's no way that that would have happened. There's no way that he would have been referred by or associated with the Catholic Church because they would have immediately burned it. So when I hear that, it's like, well, I don't understand that part because we all know that energy cannot be destroyed. So I'm not sure how they came to that conclusion or what is the basis for that. I think part of that has to do with distancing themselves since Warren, the Warrens are under such uh, criticism for being fakes and, and phonies and just hustling the system. I think that the now, now is Catholic church wants to separate with all the other negative things that are, that are uh, stacking against them. But did you read the incident where a visitor went to the occult museum, made fun of the Annabelle doll and then got hit by a fucking car right after it left, right after he left? I didn't hear, I couldn't find it, but I did hear when you talked about that. And okay, talk to me about that. Did you have a question about it or what was going on with that? Because I do have something to say, but I want to know what direction we're going to go in first. If the Warrens were, were supposed to have this entity under control, how is it, if it's still that powerful enough to curse and kill somebody, uh, why, how, I mean, my understanding is then the entity is just playing with them, that they really don't have control over this strong ass demon uh yeah and that's okay i do believe that that incident occurred because when you antagonize something you're going to get a response you know it doesn't matter who or what it is i'm a firm believer that if you antagonize a spirit or if you antagonize an entity you're going to get a response now going back to what you said if it's under lock and key and it's so secure how did this happen i believe that there had to be more to that story there had to be more than just walking in and like oh raggedy ann your hair looks ridiculous or you know come and do something to me I, there had to have been more because if that were the case every time somebody walked in and even made a comment everybody would you know everybody would be getting hurt and there would be deaths all deaths all over the place for anybody that walked in the museum because i doubt he was the only person that's ever tried doing that you know well i mean i i grew up in the hood and i wouldn't antagonize the doll so i i, I can i could probably believe that he was the only dumbass to actually ridicule <laughs> the raggedy and chester powers yeah but how many dumbasses do you think there are in the world come oh on my there's God. plenty We're surrounded you by see him. what i'm saying Exactly. So I think that there had to have been more than just verbally antagonizing the, the entity. There had to have been more. As far as I'm concerned, I believe there had to have been more. Now, if a, so the negative energy or the darkness or whatever is not under control, and you're like, you see, like the, on TV, you see all these paranormal investigators, you know, quote unquote paranormal investigators, because who I'm not in any, you know, situation or I'm not in any position to be validating or, you know, sort of verifying any of their path, chosen paths but you see them all the time they go in and they talk about oh well i heard that there's this evil something here i'm going to antagonize to get a response why would you do that first and foremost that situation is obviously not real because if there is true evil and darkness and you antagonize it how would you even still be walking around recording 
Yeah, there, there's a certain bulls that you don't poke to to disturb. You don't. Uh, I mean, right? Yeah, I, I can't do that. That's that you see what I'm saying? Sense. Yeah, right. But so the the in conclusion, is it realistic for them to control them not being a part of the church, not being of strong Catholic faith, and being able to to uh, sprinkle salt some uh, uh, holy water and contain this entity, or is the entity just playing nice guy until it's ready to burn to burn? come out again and, and mess people up um control is a strong word i don't feel as though we can control too much of anything aside from our cars when we drive them um but i do think that they have the ability to redirect energy and keep it in a more safe safer situation uh, for the time being because i think everything constantly evolves so nothing stays as it is for too much like you said just until it's ready to pop out again so yes i do think that and the reason i say that i think it's possible is because from experience in my culture and my lineage and my ancestors it's what we do you know our ancestors have been doing it you know you have for example um the one my aunt's our aunt's sister that we commonly refer to with the nickname that our dad gave her that is what she did and you know from experience that she was doing that in that house that you spent all the family members house that you were constantly spending the night in you know we talked about the paranormal experiences on um on my website when we went live so she was doing it so yes i do believe that it's possible i know for a fact that it's possible and i i, I get that you were just you know you're kind of context is a little playful like oh just sprinkle salt on it you know it's obviously it's not that simple but yes i do believe that it's possible and i do believe that you redirect the energy for the time being as far as the extent to which they have portrayed it on film and books i think that a lot of it was um sensationalized and i think they did they they um kind of showed out a little bit for the media i don't really think that it was that specific or that intense on their behalf I was really, really let down when I read the actual story of the Annabelle uh, before I did my Warrens episode and found out that it wasn't as uh, adventurous and full and full of excitement as as, I, as the first right. movies and everything made it seem. I was, I was kind of upset. That's why I don't. That's why if, if I don't read books or backgrounds on anything. If I'm going to enjoy the entertainment, I'm going to enjoy the entertainment because I know behind it, there's some simple ass story that just is going to break your heart. <laughs> yeah, which that is actually a really great segue into my, into the next case, the Perrin family. Now, for uh, those of you who aren't familiar with the Perrin family, it's most commonly referred to as the Conjuring movie. The Conjuring movie is all about the Perrin family where the mother got just completely fucked up by this rabid ass demon witch from uh, like the 20 or the 10th century or some shit like that that was a, a part of that that household and when i read about it i was like oh yeah the conjuring badass film i love it. it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time so this reading is going to be amazing so they went in they uh the, uh the warrens confirmed that there was an evil entity or demon or you know something that was haunting and making their lives miserable knocking pictures down pulling the kids so everything that they they explained in the in the film as far as what the annoying things that the entity was doing, knocking shit down, opening doors, slamming them. That was actually confirmed by several people who were on the case. However, the ending, which this is one of the main reasons why I wanted you on the show, was the the reports from several different reports, even from the Warren reports themselves, that all that was taking place to calm the activity down was a seance. How or why and did, would a seance be able to calm something that that malevolent and that that hostile with just a seance now i'm not familiar with the seance world or anything like that but from my understanding 
a seance is pretty much a reach out, you know, like a text message saying, hey, what's going on? You know, what, what do we need to help you out with? So the way yeah, that, it's just a conference with the spirit world. That's all it is. Right. But if they were that vicious, was it is it an accurate assumption to to uh, believe that Lorraine was able to calm the bee, so to speak, in just a seance? Or is it just proving that, again, like a lot of other people, the disbelievers believe that they were fakes, that it was just a, a hoax and that the other family was involved with it? To say that a seance, a seance. <laughs> <laughs> took care of all the took care of the monster so to speak as you refer to it uh, that's a little unbelievable because literally all a seance is is a conference with the spirit world and you sit down for example i can bring in you know a past family member you can it's a you bring someone to the table for communication from the spirit world now she could have very well communicated with the monster you know set up you know had a treaty and everything was good right we don't know that but i'm saying if the monster's out there you know tearing this woman up why is it going to sit down and have a talk with her and agree to be like, you know what? You're right. I'm, I'm doing wrong. I'm on a bad path. I'm a go, you know? Yeah. That, that's, that was that, one of the I things think, that made me Yeah. Confused. I don't, I don't understand why, why they say the word seance was, was all that worked. I'm wondering what they mean by seance and what actually happened in the seance. You get what I'm saying? Because to have all oh, seances, like I said, it's just a conference, a conference with the spirit world. That's what a seance is. Right. And according to the film that it showed that an exorcism was performed on the house and on the, the possessed individual. However, reports say that an exorcism was never performed, that it was just a Hollywood pump up to make the more the movie more, uh, more attractive and more entertaining. But according to reports, the only thing that was was the seance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So that's, I mean, it, that's where I'm, I'm curious to where, I mean, I love the Warrens. I love what their work, what they had done. However, when you have skeptics saying that, oh, this was a fake. And then you have one of the most documented and most confirmed cases of paranormal activity and haunting uh, occur. But then the only, the only reports given was that a seance was, t- was handled and everything was, was completed or was uh, taken care of. Although the Perrin family did move out of their house in 1980 or 1981. So I wonder if they just, yeah, they moved out in 1980. So I was, I'm wondering if they kind of just laid on the, you know, laid low, low. And then they're like, ah, I'm just kidding, fool. And they started, you know, moving shit again, but uh, doing shit again to the parent family. But well, that could very well be the case, because if you recall when, I don't know if it's true in terms of like documentation, but in the movie, she clearly states that it doesn't matter where you go, the entity is attached to you. Right. So if they moved out, all you did was tell the you know, tell the monster, Hey, come on, we get in a new house. That's all really you're telling it. But what would a seance do to protect them? Nothing, right? The seance is literally nothing no, just to just to find out what's it's, going on. It's just a conference. That's all it is. So I don't know what took place. Maybe in this seance, for example, like it was, you know, it was a woman, you know, a witch. And the only reason she was called the witch was because she was actually practicing dark magic and sacrificing children and doing these things. That's why she was called the witch. But there, the seance could have involved her communicating with the witch, figuring out what's going on, or, you know, doing some sort of um, maybe a rosary. Because they, they did, you know, do the rosary and the prayer. They did come from a, a Catholic standpoint. So they could have easily, easily performed some sort of um, religious ceremony or process to, you know, kind of disperse it and make it go away for a little bit but i like i said i don't know what happened in the seance but to say uh, just a seance was what relieved the tension i don't 
I don't understand that because it doesn't, that's just saying like, oh, well, I just made a phone call and then it went away. Yeah. Well, what did you say on the phone call? You know, like what happened? In the, uh, for the, the lady who, who was the, the witch, she was actually from a long, a long line of, of black, uh, of black magic witches, according to what I read regarding the house and, and the property owners and that the, the parents were the first one. <laughs> The first ones in shit, I think it was like seven generations that that bought that house. So I'm wondering if they were pissed because they uh, oh eight generations. So there was eight generations of that family of witches that that lived there before the parents took it over. So I wonder if they were just pissed off and they wanted to move they, out. According to the movie, they were because I remember that they did mention um, that the land was like huge, but they broke it off into different segments and they were each sold. So everybody that owned a piece that had bought one of those pieces of their land, the the women, you know, things happened. The women died. The kids were killed. To every, when they um, talked about the, because they showed they showed a, a property map and they talked about how it's so this big, but look at it was you know broken off into like say seven sections and this person, this woman in this section died and this one and this one and this one and they were on that section, so I guess they were next up in line. So yeah, it was about being pissed. But not because they got your, you got my land. Yeah. So I mean, not. But what else would aggravate them? I mean, I'm sure. There, I mean, there's a laundry list and and endless uh, possibilities and reasons why they were angry. But in your opinion, what do you think would have been the main cause of that? What do you think is just the spirits lingering and living in that residence for so long, or is it the unsettled, unsettled ghost or or spirits that? <clears throat> Are lingering lingering around with a guilt for all the sacrifices and for every all the evil that had happened in those eight generations of uh, home ownership, or was no. it mixed in? Specific, was it mixed in with there was someone along the lines opened up a realm and allowed an entity to poison and uh, possess the the spirits that were there throughout the generations? So you mean like uh, an an entity an entity affecting sp- spirits like regular spirits like i'm dead and so this entity is affecting me correct for without with the with the eight generations that live there you know obviously a saying. lot of spirits you know i mean the spirit world is is pretty much it's pretty real I and mean, a lot of people who don't believe it are just they just don't want to believe it because they're scared but yeah spirits are all around you you good spirits and bad spirits but the ones that i mean eight generations you're going to have eight generations of the same family of spirits inside that home and i'm pretty sure uh, for the most part, they were they were peaceful, and even though you know people mistaken uh, black magic with Satanist and and all this other stuff, it, you have to be in a different, complete realm of darkness and and practicing that type of evil to be able to have such evil entities latch on you. But my question would be, do you think that somewhere around that world, someone opened it up and then kind of directed their their magic or their uh, work, their magic, I, mean, I guess you want to call it the witch work, into the evil, sadistic black magic that the that the movie showed? I think that the the witch, the woman that we refer to as witch, she opened it with her practice and her dark magic. She opened it and she cre- she she created the environment and the platform for all, for her to be returning and for her to do all the evil that she was doing and i think that it was a matter of not necessarily unsettled or get guilt but being angry this is mine you can't have it and so she acted accordingly this is mine you're dead this is mine you're dead that's exact that's how i at least perceive the situation because i don't feel like there was any remorse or any guilt or any unsettled you know unsettled spirits she it it was portrayed as though everything was intentional aware and intentional you know right 
So that's, I think it was, it was, it was, uh, what's the word? Um, territorial. I think it was a completely territorial situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can be down with that. So now you and I are, are tasked with going in and helping the parent family. What, what do you do? How do you, how do you clear this? I know no goddamn seance is going to help these people. And when you let me know that you're done while I'm waiting for you in the car, what would you do? <laughs> what would you do to help the family? I mean, I know a lot of phones might not not might not work while you're dealing with that, but just text me and I'll I'll come back in. <laughs> text me, can you bring me the holy water right quick? <laughs> Why lie? Well, what I would do first and foremost is the conversation needs to take place where if you don't believe in what we're gonna do, and if you don't do your part, I'm gonna go home. It's pointless. I'm just gonna walk away. Because I can't do anything on my own. The people involved have to want to do it and have to believe in what they're doing, both from a, a spiritual standpoint and a physical standpoint. Because if you're just going to say, oh, I'm completely fucked up and I'm going to call, you know, Anna in real quick, but I'm my mentality is like, dude, I'm doomed forever, but she's going to fix me. That's not how it works. So pause that, that, that statement and rewind just a little bit. How does the, fa- how does the parent family help you help them? Explain to, to the listeners. What is it that they would have to do i mean other than being you know believers and it's not necessarily from my understanding you don't have to be religious believers right in order to believe into uh, be a, a quote believer into the type of work and, and stuff that you are that you are in right or does it have to is it strictly religious no okay. i i firmly believe it's from a spiritual standpoint i think that religion is an organized situation and by rules and lays and guidelines and such and spirituality to me is just an individual relationship with whatever your higher power is or whatever you choose to, you know, have faith in. That's where I feel the spirituality comes in. And I, I don't feel it has to be strictly religious. Okay. So how would the parents have to help you? How, how would, what would they have to do to make your job easier? Easier? No. But to help me, um, they, number one, they have to figure out what their faith is, what they're going to believe in and firmly believe in it. And secondly, they have to live a life according to what they firmly believe in to reinforce their their spiritual um i know what i'm Spanish, not english to reinforce their spiritual foundation because if you don't have a foundation you get locked on and you crumble and that's exactly what the entity is doing there's no spirit there's no found faith foundation and faith so that's what needs to happen figure out what your faith is stand behind it and live your life accordingly meaning do the things that are required to you know to um to make your your soul stronger okay that's basically what to me, that's what spiritually spirituality really focuses on is your soul is like your inner work. So do what you figure out what your faith is and live your life accordingly. For example, if you're going to be Christian, then what do you do? Are you reading the Bible? Are you actually practicing, you know, having these Bible studies? Are you put, you know, are you whatever the, the Christian guidelines are? Are you doing that? Because if you don't do that, there's nothing. There's nothing we can do here. So. Once that takes place, you know, once you figure out where you're going to be and you're actually going to practice what you preach and, you know, walk the walk, walk the walk, is that walk the walk? Yeah, walk the walk, walk. you know, then the external components can come in as assistance. Okay, so they are on the same page. They, the parents have believed Mm -hmm. in in their belief and they are ready to help you. I'm rooting, I'm rooting you on from the outside. And what, what are the steps that, (laughs) what are the steps that you take to rid this uh, entity or this evilness out of the house? Other than a seance, like I said, I know a damn seance isn't going to work. I hope that a lot of people understand that a seance really isn't anything deep and and fighting warding off evil entities again it is just really it's really a conference call that's really what it is 
it can, it can be all those things, but to call it just a seance, yeah, that doesn't really say too much of anything other than, hey, we talked. That was it. Right. So what do you do? What is it? What is it? I per- okay, look, here's the thing. I don't, I'm not an exorcist. I don't do, I don't work in the realm of demonology. I'm, I'm not a practicer yet, a practitioner yet. Right. That's I, my field. I will get there. I'm just not there yet. So for me to say this is what I would do, uh, I don't really have grounds to say so because I don't do that. But I would, there had number one, you have to identify the entity. You got to figure out what the hell's going on. And she was able to see it as soon as she walked in. She was able to discern that, okay, it's attached to you because no matter where you go, it's, it's, it's you. And how do we get to you? Well, we get to your kids first. First, we break you down and then we get to your kids because they're your weakness. After we get to your kids, you're completely broken down and then you pretty much have opened up your soul for me to walk in and do whatever I want. So what do we do? You need to start practicing your faith from the inside out because if you can't, it, you have to push it out from the inside out. So whatever steps or you know, work that needs to be done to make that happen, that would be the next step. So there is Like I said, I'm not a practitioner, so I can't say exactly what, you know, I could be way off, but I would imagine that's how, you know, vaguely this process would go. So you remember the paranormal activity movie, the second one with uh, the the maid, uh, Juanita, I think it was, where she, once she started feeling the the, the evil spirit, uh, what's his name? Uh, Toby, I think was his name. Yeah. She she starts trying to sage the house, say multiple pray- prayers throughout the room, and then they kicked her out for being a, a demonologist, or not demonologist, but a Satanist, and uh, you know, joking around. He says she was sacrificing goats in the back, and she he didn't want that mm-hmm. type of that behavior in a house, you know, in, in their house. But you know, again, that's that's really respectable, and a lot of people don't accept different different ways. So would to just so you know that was not respectful he was pretty rude about it but well yeah he was I, fired her. <laughs> I get what you're saying <laughs> i mean you know the shit he was saying was pretty foul it's like dude what are you talking about but i get what you're i understand what you're saying yeah. because like i said it's a whole like this world is a completely judgmental world especially when it comes to spirituality and the paranormal so that's how people pop off from john street that's just how it is unfortunately yeah so would it be a similar or a safe path to start by saging the house and you know doing catholic world doing rosary as you know trying to build and fight and ward off the entity would, would that no. be a safe if, way if, to start if it's as intense if it's let's say we're working with the monster or the situation depicted in the conjuring no that is way past that what you are way past that there's not enough sage in the world that's going to clear that out Pop. not and not in a million years now the rosary could be in addition to other things because that comes from you know your religious your religious foundation that you have solidified and you could you know that comes from inside of you so it means something you're not just you know here I'm passing out these books to everybody let's everybody read the rosary no because if it doesn't mean shit to you it's pointless so yes the rosary can help in addition to other things not, not I don't believe it could be standalone if we're talking specifically about you know the situation in the Conjuring but sage no there's not enough sage in the world. Yeah, that was pretty, that shit was pretty intense. So, I mean, yeah. I, I want to clear something out. When when uh, she said we, she really means herself because I'm still waiting in the car. So, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my job as a, as a self-proclaimed uh, demonologist, I'm just identifying that there is something fucked up inside and I'm I'm done. That's my job. Just so you know, if you're driving me, you're going with me to, you're going at the house with me. 
So that means, see, you you always said that you didn't want to go spend a night in a Hell House or the Amityville I Horror spend House. The night? Absolutely not. I won't spend the night in anything that has a poltergeist, meaning it's physical, it touches, it moves things. I'm not doing that because I have a problem with being touched and I can't see you. Don't know. If I'm sleeping and you drag my ass off the bed, I'm going home. I'm not going to do that. I can't, I cannot do that. I, yes, we got a little activity in our house, but it's not to that extent. Those kind of things don't happen in our house. It's very minimal in our home. But that's why you sleep on the floor so you don't get drugged off the bed. You just lay You're going to get dragged across the floor. What are you going to do? Get up with rug burn all across <laughs> your face? No, no, no. No, I cannot do that. Nope. So there we- I can, I mean, we can go for a little walk in there, but spend the night? Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I mean, I'll spend a night there with a nightlight, but no, you won't. I'm not. I can't do all that stuff. That's you won't. You I'm, won't I'm because you can't even get out the car yet. You can't even get out the car. You are not spending the night. You a, don't. Don't be. Don't come on here telling tales. Don't there, do it. There's a difference between the shit that happened at uh, at the Warren House versus what happens at Amityville Horror. So the for those of you who aren't familiar with the Amityville <laughs> House, was that the? Did, did you hear that statement? What you just said? Yeah. There's a difference from what happened. Happening in the Conjuring to what happened in Am- Amityville. Yeah. Do you understand what you just said? In, in the, uh, one of them is some crazy ass witch killing you, and the other one is a spirit from a, a, a guy that killed the family with shotguns. How is that any? How I don't understand see, what you're saying right now. That, that was that's a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. Was that the kid, the the guy who shot his family was made insane by a different entity? He wasn't the original the haunting. The haunt the the house was haunted long before he went in there he was uh, made crazy and convinced by the house to kill his family having said that you obviously know that a fucked up entity exists so how are you i mean dude it's tomatoes tomatoes still the same i mean come on it's will one's like a cherry tomato and one's like an heirloom but they're still tomatoes see and that's the bonus (laughs) they're still tomatoes i don't like either so i'm safe you stay says you staying in the car see (laughs) <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you you don't have a clear a, a clear uh, plan of operation or or fight plan to to defeat the the Warrens since it is I mean not the Warrens but the entity in the Warrens since it is is it technically out of your scope of practice or you just haven't reached that level yet? Both. It is out of my scope of practice because I have not reached that level yet. Okay. So- I know it's there and I know it's for me. I'm not ready to dip my toes into the lake of scary shit. So I mean. Yeah, I'm not ready to swim in it just yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get there eventually. So if if the situations or the families were changed, now let's change the parent family to the Romero family. Do you still opt in not trying to fight, or is it now a different story because it's family? Oh hell no, that's my peeps. Nope, we're See? down. I don't care what's gonna happen. We're down. See, I mean, I'll still be in the car, but you will not. We- you will not, because my father will come from his grave and drag your ass out that car and bring you into the house. <laughs> so don't even. <laughs> I just. Ugh. That was an, an intense movie. That's, I mean, I was really sad. I really was. I was really hurt that all that was said was that a seance was was performed and everything was good. I, I don't I don't believe so it. So much disillusion, huh? Yeah, I think something was being hidden from the rest of those reports. So and uh, OK, so move on to the next case. The Hodgson family in England, the Ufield haunting. Did you are you familiar with that one? That's the one where the the she had the vision of uh, Ed Warren didn't. Um, stab with a tree or something. Correct. It was the second movie. The it was based off yeah. the fam- that which that movie was fucking horrible. The little, yeah. Oh, I hated that movie. It was so boring. It was... That movie was. I, I feel like they could have done better. 
Now, I mentioned it one. That's actually one of my worst pick movies in my earlier episodes when I first started. But the thing that really pissed me off about that entire movie was when he fell out of the second story, hung <laughs> on to the curtains. All of the curtain rungs popped off. Now, this guy. And the girl lifted him up. <laughs> and, well, don't forget, he caught the little girl, too, before she fell. And so now she was like 105 pounds, we'll say. He was about no less than 200 pounds. That's 300 pounds hanging off of three little curtain rungs from the second story. No, no, no. That's bullshit. I don't. That. Why do you focus so much on the literal technicalities and not like the entirety of the story? But you're right, though, because that's what I would have seen. I did see that because I thought, like, okay, wait a minute. So all it took was that woman to run in and grab him and then like pulled up this grown ass man. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. See, I, I did notice that as well. That is one of the main reasons why I am a huge fan and absolutely love the paranormal movies because everything that they portrayed in those movies are realistic. There was nothing unbelievable. No one was hanging out of second story house. There was no skinny man in a claymation coming after people. It was. Oh, realistic. you're talking about the movies actually called paranormal. Yes, right? I'm talking about the real the paranormal activity movies. Yeah. The first three, the first four were really well made. I loved every single because they were realistic. You know, nothing people expect that, you know, all this paranormal activity shit happens 24 hours a day or it happens, you know, as soon as it's it's thought of. But no, it's a buildup. It's a buildup over time. And then it starts getting worse, you know, worse, worse, worse. And that's what the, the paranormal movie showed that, you know, was way, I mean, extremely realistic. And that's why I love them. And they actually have really bad reviews. <laughs> They did. And I think it was because the way the, the perspective they chose to do it from, like the recording perspective, I think it was because of that. Yeah. And I, I well, you know what? That, what is that, it like the POV, the POV yeah, thing, the, the perspective point of view? Yeah. And that, that, that was the, now that we brought those up, I'm actually going to ask you a question about this as soon as we get done talking about the, the you field haunting. So uh, allegedly the the family was was, was almost as severe as the warrens there was a dresser sliding across the floor there was a knocking coming from all around the house one police witnessed uh, seeing a chair rising and moving on its own and uh you know their dishes and everything were being broken and and shattered but when the warrens went in there and uh, uh, confirmed that it was a poltergeist, they they didn't do anything about it. Uh, Warren was was uh, quoted saying, "Those who deal with supernatural day in and day out know the phenomenon are there. There's no doubt about it." But it never gave a real uh, description on what he did to to take or the Warrens did. Well, according to reports, it just went away, which. If you, I'm not sure if you actually read some of the reports, but it is highly, highly controversial that all this shit was made up just for a clout boost for the Warrens and for money donations to the Hodge, Hodge, Hodgen family. So what do you think? Going strictly based off the movie itself, how it was portrayed, I think that the reason there was so much doubt there was because the entity that was taking over, that was, you know, that was manipulating the child was chose a, an approach that would be called into question you know how do we know this girl's just not faking her voice you know like doing the you know how do we know that and it was at you know there was the situation the way it was like the, when the entity wanted to come out and talk it was like okay turn your face away you know don't look at me when i talk to you turn the you know turn the light out it was things like that i think that were in, and we're going to say that 
the story was true based on the movie. Let's let's go from there. I think that it chose an approach that would intentionally put the girl into question so that it could just people would just leave it alone and go away. Now, in terms of, you know, I did hear the the I heard the recording from the interview from Ed Warren where he said that if you work in it so long, so you know, like exactly what you just said, you know if it's fair. That's true. However, you're gonna get psyched out. It happens. You're human, you know, you're gonna get psyched out. That's the advantage that I think that the spiritual world or the super, you know, the scary world has over us that we're human. We make mistakes, you know, we are created in error, literally. So, you know, well, that's, we're not going to start talking about creation, but, you know, it's, we're human. So I think that we're, people are going to pull a fast one. I mean, you know, entities eventually are going to pull a fast one on us because that's just, because we're human. That's what I think. Now, is it, is it safe to say that (laughs) this entity was a smarter one? Uh, versus the other ones or was it just that style of uh, i don't know if it, i don't even know how to call it like the ha- not haunting but so each each entity has its own style or its own severity of of showing itself and haunting and tormenting families and people period that's you know that's a given that's in books all everywhere now do you think that it was an a, an entity that attaches someone an entity that's been inside of the house or you said it was you, you're going with that it was real so i'll leave that one out but for the sake of argument so we can have this conversation yeah right so do you think that it was that style of entity or that was attached to someone or if it was just the house itself that's been around for years and the family just is the one that that drew the straw to get fucked around by it I think that in this situation that the entity was attached to the home. He died there, so it was his home. And I think while he was alive, he was being manipulated by something evil as well. And that perspective, I, I'm going to also say that the entity was attached to that home too, because it kind of feels that way because it was happening to the old man. Was, it was happening to him when he was alive. Because you know when he was com- com- communicating to the little girl, he was saying it. You know, oh, it ha-, you know whatever he was saying about it, he was making reference to something being attacking him correct if i'm not mistaken yes yeah so i think it almost feels as though that entity was also attached to that home okay but it's like you have a two-parter on that one because you have the entity that was there and then you have the old man that died there so you kind of have like the entity was kind of working through the old man and the old man was working through the little girl does that make sense right so they were tag team like a, then. yeah no it was more like a chain of command type situation okay that makes sense because i don't think they had equal parts to tag team yeah that's true so is it do you believe or am i just because i have a a, a very creative mind now if someone dies being tormented by an entity so we'll use the old man for example since it does he's part of this conversation so he was he was tormented he was haunted he was everything and i don't think he really got peace maybe he you know for fear of ridicule for fear of repercussion or you know whatever reason why he didn't go get the proper steps to rid the entity you know burn the house burn himself whatever he did to you know need to clear himself up now if someone dies being tormented by an entity or either be you know whatever is is fucking with them do they take that uneasiness or not being able to rest in peace into the afterlife and so they have to continue that entity's work or is it based on what kind of lifestyle you led leading up to your death if that makes any sense Um, no i don't i mean it's okay real quick for lifestyle if you're dipping into the dark magic and such i think that that does affect you and you know when you transition to the spirit world that's i believe yes and that aspect it does affect you but let's say you were not doing any of that 
I don't think a lifestyle really affects it. I think if you're dealing with this entity, I think it's really, I mean, it's just up to the entity. What is, what is it going to do with you? What is its purpose? You know, what is it? Why does it even want you? Is it want you specifically to fuck around with people that are ha- in the present that are in the living world? Or is it you? It's like your, your soul is, it belongs to them and that's it. You know, you do as I say, no matter what, what realm you're in. I think it's specific to entities and paranormal situation aside from dipping into the dark magic stuff which is a little bit different because it just is right and you know me being the leading demonologist here in my household of course i would uh i would believe that if you didn't get if you didn't get peace and if you didn't clarify you know clear the 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 issue up before you died i think it's just now has a stronger attachment to you and it's able to commit you become a soldier basically you be like yeah, because uh, now you guys are in the same realm. Yes. You're not there's no there's no veil between you anymore. Yeah, so it's and like if it a, could if it could obviously manipulate you in the physical with the veil in between you, now there's nothing there. Yeah, it's I mean I you I are straight out it, there being a no limit soldier. Exactly, I was gonna say more like Davy Jones Locker and the Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> where they uh, oh my god <laughs> they had that life that life sentence and they were gambling uh, life years, but I mean yeah, no limit I'm soldier. I'm done with you. So we can we can Stop do it. That it. Way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's, that's my belief. And now if, you know, there, there's a, in different cultures and different, yeah, well, different cultures, I can't think of any other word to fit that, but a lot of people, when, when the person dies with, you know, whether they're not being tormented or not, or if they are or not, they still perform some sort of cleansing, some sort of spirit freeing, uh, What's not the not not chant, but a ceremony. Wait, say say that sentence again. Say sorry, that sentence again. I missed what you were saying. Say it again. In a lot of cultures, you regardless of what type of lifestyle you you've lived, a lot of people, a lot of cultures, they they perform a a spirit freeing uh, ceremony on the body after it's dead to just for that oh. reason. So they aren't trapped in the in the afterlife being fucked around by some hot, some jack the demon entity. Do you think that that would be a safe practice that should be kind of like hush hush in all mortuaries, or is that just based on your beliefs? And I don't your think household? it's a mortuary type situation. I think it's a faith, it's a faith type situation. Whatever whatever your your religious path or your spiritual path was in life, I think that that's where it plays the role, not a mortuary type situation. I didn't know that they did it when they died. I thought it was right before they died. It depends. It depends what culture you're looking at. There, there's a lot of different ones right. that when they die, they gather all the all the uh, the elders and you know perform the once the body is it has been perished, they dress them up and you know do all this kind of stuff. Open up vessels in certain areas, like on their forehead, their uh, around their eyes, you know, everywhere where they feel like the spirit can be freed on their chest and everything. And then the elders with the most uh, strong spiritual. Uh, powers will perform the ceremony in order to make the soul and spirit rest in peace to where they're not trapped. Now, in my opinion, I would think that it would be wise to have someone who works in the mortuary that, you know, does that undercover just so we can kind of ease the the shit that's going on in the afterlife. And we, you know what that I mean, what harm is it going to take when someone doesn't know that someone just, you know, protected their spirit? And so, You're right. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't yeah, mind yeah. it. That'd be awesome. Open me. Open that casket back up, and I don't know what you need. Put crosses. And I don't know what you need to do to me to do it. Yeah. Do you know, it so that when I cross over, I am cool. Uh, but if you brought that up in actual society, it would be an outrage. People would no, you leave the dead body alone. That's fucked up. Yeah, don't force it, your it would, beliefs on me. It'd be an outrage. Yeah, it's like you're, like dare I say, desecrating like the body or is that would be the right term? I feel like 
Is that the right term? Desecrating? I'll allow it. That, that sounds good okay. to me. <laughs> now I got to look it up. It's like they would think that it was like this completely desecrating to go around or present participate. Yeah, Treat a- or a sacred place within with violent disrespect. Yes, desecrating. Yeah, desecrating. Like you'd be desecrating the body. That's exactly how society would perceive it. it. Exactly. And of course, those, I think that those would be the same people that do not believe in you know, the spiritual realm or the hunt, you know, the paranormal, they don't believe in that, you know? And the other half of the people I think would be the ones to say, like you said, don't force your religion on him. We practice something else. You get what I'm saying? So I think that that, those would be the two two categories of folks that would have the problem with it. I think at least. Yeah, I agree. And I don't see why the problem should be. I mean, just do, just hook it up. I don't want any, any foot soldiers in the afterlife. I just mm-hmm. just send me, you know. I just want to go chill in the cave and wait to be re uh, come back out. That's that's what I want to be- wait for. So you believe in reincarnation? I do not. You just said to get in the cave and wait to come back out. Yeah, but it was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I do I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe that there has to be something more in life, or not life, but there has to be more than afterlife than just the dirt. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. Uh, I I mean I've established I don't that either. over the years. But I do believe that there has to be an afterlife based on on the life that you've lived. I, I think that, I mean, me, I want to come back as a as a beautiful butterfly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a butterfly. But I want to come back. You don't brand- have a very long lifespan as a butterfly. Well, I mean, if I come back multiple times, I'm always brand new. I never get old. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's a, <laughs> uh, I, I, I believe that there is something more in, in after death. I, I don't think, now, have you, have you ever watched that dog? I mean, that movie about the dog, uh, it, the, the kid's name is, uh, the dog's name is Bailey, Bailey and, and or something about Bailey. Well, it, the, the theory was in that movie was that once you die, you're born into a different body, you know, and you still have your same memories, but you're just a different, a different vessel you, you your your shell is something that that wasn't you before so this dog used to, was a golden retriever and then he he died and he was reincarnated and born into a different dog that ended up finding the, the his original owners and the you know he did certain things to make him understand that that was the dog was oh shit that's my you know that was my family my little dog mm-hmm. when i was a kid now I 100% believe that that is something that can happen to us. I don't think that we can be reincarnated or reborn as an animal. I mean, that'd be fucking awesome, though. I don't know now with all these damn poachers. I don't think it would be cool as it was before. But I was going to say I want to be a horse, but no. They'll put me down if I sprain my ankle. I don't want not, that. It becomes some glue. But <laughs> but it's uh, the, uh, I, I believe that we're, we are reborn into different lives as humans, and that's how... We get people saying, you know, these these so-called uh, time travelers where, oh, I was back in 1945. And I think it, it's just a reincarnation of spirit into new into new shells. And that's what I'm hopeful for, because, I mean, I I like being alive. I really do. I enjoy it. Well, now, now that I'm me, I'm too. A, I think it's pretty thick. So I, I would hope that it's more than just being, you know, just put in the dirt and let the worms eat you. That doesn't sound I believe that as well. So, I believe that as well. Yeah, so that's that's what I hope, and the um, I think the end result for for the reincarnation would be. I mean, I, it, it it just makes sense in my opinion. It just the the end result would be a better reconstructed you, kind of like a second chance. You know, second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Like, hey, you were kind of a shithead this time, so I'm gonna make you a bum, better yourself, and you know, realize the. Um, 
the value of life and who you are. And that way you can, you know, just turn out to try to change the world and be better. I mean, I don't think that making you rich and famous when you were poor is going to automatically make you understand the rules of being a good person. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah, because so, you can have all the money in the world and still make horrible choices. Right. And I know a lot of rich people that are really shitheads. And I, I don't like them. So I, I have I agree with what you're saying, but I think I have a little bit of a different perspective with reincarnation in terms of the reason why we come back or how we come back. But I do firmly believe in reincarnation. Yeah. Absolutely. So back to the, the we got completely off subject with. With that. That's what we do. <laughs> so the uh, I hope that through all this whole process and the questions that you've asked me, that I've actually answered them because you and I both know that sometimes I take the scenic route, scenic route when I answer things, and then you have to you know kind of bring you back in a little bit. So I hope through all this, there's actually been some answers. <laughs> well, you you've uh, since you brought it up, you've actually been taking the the uh, the PC route of not being able to fight the entities, which I'm pretty sure that you would be out there with a shield and, and a Bible ready to fight people. Cause you said that when I asked you about the Warren family, you said, you know, that's kind of out of my scope. I wouldn't do anything cause I'm not ready to be on that level. But then when I asked you if it was a Romero, then you'd be like, Oh, you know, I head over heels. I'm down. It's going to happen. But you never you're right. gave us, see, you're right. you never you're right. gave you us a me. fight plan to what you, you would see do. right through me, Richard Rico. <laughs> you see right through me. So I think, I think what my listeners would be interested in is that let's change the parent family into a Romero family. What, what, what steps would you take to help protect and ward off? I know there's not one single cure-all, Ben. There's like 20,000 different ways. But what we're interested in is you, you know, your professional opinion. What steps would you take? You said there's not enough sage to protect the Warren family, but a seance was big enough to, you know, enough. But you don't fully agree with that. I don't fully agree with that. So what would it be? What steps would you take to help fight off? You just like literally like my world just lit up. My door just open. Like, let's do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, if it's in my home, I know for a fact that the three of us, me and my mom and my daughter, we all have gifts. We all have various clairs differently. So our strength is, is there. Our light is bright and we are strong individually, but we are stronger together. So already from Jump Street, we're going to get rid of this shit no matter what, no matter how long it takes. But I would, we would go through, go ahead. Pause right there. But you, your daughter being young, I would, you, would you risk exposing her to that? She's already exposed. But it, you, I have several stories that I can tell you in terms of her experience and in order in order for, I believe, in order for any cleansing or ridding of monster shit to be effective in a house, everyone has to participate. Everyone has to be on board. Because if I don't want to expose her and I have her in this little shell, she's already become vulnerable, you know? What, would that have an effect? Because I've excluded her from the process. Would that have an effect from throwing someone? So what, what, my, what, what my question is, is we, you and I agree that the, the parent family uh, – the parent family case was one of the worst, most documented, violent hauntings that's ever existed. Yes, we can agree with that. The parent is the conjuring one, correct? Correct. Okay, for the sake of argument in this conversation, yes, we'll go with that. Okay, so wouldn't that being her being so young, wouldn't that be throwing a minor league or not even a a, a, a pony league baseball player? We'll say like you know a, a kid who's still playing summer ball, GBA into the big leagues wouldn't that be too no. overwhelming and weaken their their ability versus strengthening it and actually being productive enough to help ward off no because her age is not a reflection of her capabilities or her strength 
so much stronger. Okay, say we had levels for the sake, you know, let's let's, let's say we had levels for the shit. Aisha, oh shit, I said her name. My daughter is like on top tier shit. Like she, I can't even explain to you the abilities that she was literally born with. She has memories of being inside the womb for like a few months. She describes things as to what happens. She has, she, we have shared many lifetimes together and that's a different story, but she, she's on top tier. Next, I would say would be me only because our mom, it's, it's, she does not want to open up to it. She has in the last few years, since I've really been more open and more strong, you know, come strong with my spirituality and my, my, my um, way of life, she has gradually started opening up to things and sharing things to me that I didn't even know she had these. She was born with these things or she had these experiences. So because she's not necessarily entirely open, I would say that it would be my daughter, me, and then my mom. But for age is not a reflection of um, capability at all. Okay, so now that we've established that, what do you do to fight it off? Wow. Um, first, I would have to seek out an elder because I need reinforcement. I need to be guided. I need to be sure that what I want to do is going to be effective. And if I'm missing something to come in, and I also want an external something on the outside rooting for me too. So if they're doing their part on it from, you know, from their home and, you know, because you can do it from, from a distance. It doesn't necessarily, sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, in the present. I got my cheerleaders here too, working for me in the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm, um, spiritual realm. So definitely want to seek out an elder. But the problem is really, we don't have current elders. I mean, can you think of any elder that's alive in our family that even practices anything or even has mentioned practicing it, even if they actually did? I haven't been around any elder family in years. So no, not off the top of my head. I mean, the only, the only See, one. And even, even, go ahead. The, the only one that I can call off the bench is Doña Tutti Frutti. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling off the bench. And she's now an ancestor, you know, so I would have to reach out to her in some shape, way, or form. But anyway, I need I need external support. And then I would I would number one, clear out the house. Yes, Sage can be a component, but it's not gonna be the only thing. You know, I'm coming in here opening every single door window. We are cleaning the house because we need to move around all this fucked up energy, literally, because you know, energy just it, you don't get rid of it necessarily, you just change it. So I want to sweep it out and that energy can be outside from there. It could go do whatever it wants, go into trees or whatever, but it needs to be out of my house. I want to replace energy with something positive. That's where the sage is like Clorox. It just kind of like the Clorox, Clorox wipes. It wipes down your counter, but it doesn't keep it clean forever. You got to keep doing it. So I would do a little Clorox. I would bring in, I would do the Palo Santo and all the other herbs that also contribute with cleansing and protection. Pause. So Translate you, Palo Santo from a, for the English. Oh, Hollywood. It's Hollywood. But you don't really often hear it called Hollywood. You literally call it here. It called Palo Santo. So Hollywood. And I would bring in, you know, the different herbs. There's several different herbs that you can. There's there's um, sweetgrass. There's lavender. There's um, well, Palo Santo is not an herb, but there's Palo Santo. There's various herbs or um, materials from nature that serve as cleansing and protection tools, you know, divination tools. So that's very important. I would bring in the candles, the white candles, because the white is the the white light it's for protection also you know you always want light not dark but in the same sense i'm going to bring in my black candles for protection because that's the purpose that black candles serve next we're going to go through and we're going to walk through the entire house and pray the prayers that we know with our rosaries you know my mom is the rosary person i'm the rosary person aisha not so much but she does come in with her prayer force so we're going to walk around the house to all the openings in the house we're going to you know 
do what we need to do, do the protection with the cascarilla, which is the just powdered eggshells. You know, that's a protection method. We're going to um, see there's so much. That's what I would start with. That to me, that's the basics. You know, I would do all those things and then we would go from there. And at that point, we're seeing what it does and what needs to happen next. That makes sense. All right. So that's and I think I think if they would have put that in the movie, it would have it would have solidified and, and brought it all together with being way more realistic. And instead of the, the whole exorcism of I mean, the, the exorcism of the house and the exorcism of uh, of the, the gal, the Mrs. Perrin, I can't think of her first name, but they the whole I mean, that was great movie theatrics. It was great, but I don't think it was. For those for those people who are interested or who have knowledge in that field or just uh, you know interested in that subject, period, I think that they even rolled their eyes like, "Come on, are y'all gonna give some exorcism with this?" There's a lot more that could have done to help protect and before you know going straight to exorcism. You know, I think if they would have done what you said, you know, had a, a team go in there and start cleansing, I think it would have brought the realness and the creep factor way higher. Yeah, because I think that considering how how monstrous the monster was, it would have easily been determined that, oh shit, we need to do more. You know, now we need to take the next step position. He, they basically just, you know, kicked all our shit around. We need to do something more, you know, yeah. there needs to be more. They went to a level 10 before even going through the other levels. I think that would have been a lot, a lot more entertaining. I agree. So I, that was, uh, that was the last case I wrote about was the, the infield haunting in uh, England, which, I mean, a lot of people believe again, that that is one of the most, faked things that's ever happened and the movie even portrayed it as well but it you know at the end it said that the uh the, the little kid was being manipulated and and uh, convinced to do a bunch of shit to make less bring less attention to the family and doubt their credibility which ended up i mean i don't know if they died did they die did that family die because i kind of tuned out the movie no they all lived they all lived that was a yeah weak, they did that was a week remember movie. that one person saved both of 300 pounds hanging from the curtain Oh yeah, that was a uh, Lorraine who saved the the. the oh, husband. you know what? Come to find out, the entity that was messing with them was the nun. Yeah. Was Vyak? Oh, oh, I said the name. It's Vyak. Yeah, you said it. I didn't. You hear that? And I, I don't know it. if you noticed. Is it this movie? I think it's the set. This movie. During yes, it is. During is it, <laughs> since the moment the movie starts, that name is shown all through the scenes everywhere it's written like in the beads and it, every, almost every scene from start to the time when they called out to the case the name Vyak is everywhere everywhere in the scenes i did notice that but i had no idea what it was and it was hard for me to yep. follow so i didn't i didn't understand the reference at all now that you've told yeah. me it makes sense because i said i was so pissed off during that movie it was hard for me to pick up all on all the clues that was dropped throughout the movie but now that you, you said know why that, because the correlations were really vague. Yeah, it was, and the acting was horrible. Fuck, it was so horrible. Get out of here! That was great. Shit. <laughs> the mom really pissed me off when she would talk to her friends and everything, and talk to her kids like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with you? Just be regular, act yeah, regular, be normal." What the fuck is wrong with you, lady? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that that annoyed the shit out of me. But so to the paranormal question, since we still yeah we've been on here for an hour, that's what this is going on to my longest. You know that episode. when we talk, it goes on forever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this down by it's gonna be a long editing process, but it's all right. It's worth it. So the paranormal. Now, when uh, the well, again, I'm not familiar with the subject, and being a brand new demonologist as of uh, two weeks ago, I'm still learning a lot. Speaking in my of field. which, we're going to get into the demonology thing after you're done, if you if you will allow. Yeah, that's fine. 
that's fine. We can we can t- discuss my new field, but it's a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so the um, on uh, paranormal one for those of you paranormal paranormal activity one, it showed uh, Katie uh, being haunted and then uh, be- being full on possessed, killing her boyfriend. Which I mean, I don't blame with the with the name like Mika. Come on now, dude. But it's a. Uh... Dude, he was a jerk. I would, he was yeah, so, he was such like an his, asshole. It's like his, what's the word? His oh, novice perspective was like so overboard. Like, yeah. oh my God, I don't believe in it, but it just dragged my girlfriend across the room. Let's do more. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? I think the, the dumbest scene that I, I mean, I, Katie should have punched him in the neck when, when he put the powder yeah. on the floor. It's like, we already know there's a demon. You know there's a demon. What's the point of the powder? Like she asked. What's the yeah, point? Yeah, I'm not trying to see that shit. I'm not trying to see hoof marks. Nope. No. Nope. Exactly. Nope. So she she was possessed. And then uh, the prequel, which is actually Paranormal Activity 2, which is, I love those movies. Now, it showed that the the dad and the and the daughter, yeah, when uh, when Katie's sister was being possessed, because she was the first one to be possessed, or repossessed, or rebothered at the I mean, at the since they were kids, it showed Katie's the one that has a baby, right? No, that she's was, not Mika's. Oh, Mika, Katie's Mika, Mika's girlfriend. Yes. yes. Okay. And the sister is the one who had Hunter. Right. Okay. So in in, in the second movie, they showed that the that uh, the Juanita, the the maid or the 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 nanny. Our people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She told them in order to get rid of the haunting to her, they have to project it onto another family member. And so they did that ritual where they burned the family or they burned the picture of, of Katie. And then they, you know, they stuck it there and did this little prayer ceremony. And then it transferred the demon over to, to Katie, which, you know, the, the first movie picks up right when she starts feeling weird. And, you know, the, the progression, how wait they did that. Yes. They they sent the demon from Hunter's mom to her sister? Yes, when in the second movie when when the I remember they're sitting on the couch, right? Yeah, well, we remember when all the shit went down and the lights went out and uh Yeah. and then they said uh the uh the 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 older teenage daughter was or the, the teenage daughter was saying, "No, you can't do that. That's her sister." And the husband's yeah, like, that's rude. this is my wife. I am protecting my wife and my family. We have to do what we have to do. I don't do. remember that part. And then they burned the picture. Remember the picture that, that uh, Mika yes, found was in, in the, the, in the yeah. base? Well, that's why it was found because it was it was uh, transferred over to Katie. So did the demon move the picture or they went to go plant it? They, the demon moved it because they weren't even close okay. to in the same neighborhood. Yeah. But my question was, or my question to that is, would that work? being projected onto an enemy or was that is that now going into the the realm and path of black magic to now you open yourself up to uh to have things fuck with you or because we had uh, the, they had Juanita the, the the catholic gal the catholic lady protecting them while they did that ceremony were they okay or you know because the, the, the demon went back and killed everybody to take hunter You're okay right. so what does that tell you do you think that he just put on a show and be like, I'm going to take all y'all anyway, so you, I'll do whatever you think you want me to do. So what do you think? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I'm confused. I'm, I think, I'm literally stumped I, on that part. I think that there was the demon had a plan. You know, Toby had a plan this whole time, and he's going to do anything that works in his favor. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, it probably worked a little bit. Yes, you can transfer. You can send things away and send them to people. And I, you know what? I it's controversial in the spiritual community to use the word like black magic to refer to harmful magic because, you know, there's a, it, I get why. But anyway, when you go to harmful magic and hexing and cursing and all that, yes, you can send things back 
tenfold or something, you know, so you know, like somebody's sending you mal de ojo, right? They, they give you mal de ojo. You can easily send that shit back and you can protect yourself from it. That doesn't mean that you're doing anything malicious. It just means that you're blocking it and returning it, which is very possible. So in this situation, yes, I do believe that they just redirected it. It was fucking foul because that's rude. But yeah, I do believe that it was it was redirected, but only facetiously, so to speak, because I think the and Toby was gonna do it, do what he was gonna do anyway. Yeah, I, I don't. I think no matter what happened, he. Was, I think he was one of those, uh, the parent family level entities. I, I think that's how violent and malicious that the that uh, Toby was. I think that. Yes, yeah, I, I think vicious. that. Yeah, I agree. It, I'm telling you, seeing the hoof marks, that hoof marks, that scared me. It's that, oh, it was freaky. It was I don't like that movie. shit. I I hate that shit, man. Those top. movies did scare me, except for the very, very last one with like the portal on the bedroom oh, yeah. wall. That, uh, that movie's like you. To me, it's like you guys, you guys should have just stopped the movie before. You guys did too much. They, they should stop at four with the, when they when they brought back the the little kids. Or was that three? Was it three or four? I don't remember. The what. one where they're in the living room and they turn off the lights and a little speckled thing and they see the extra bot, the extra little boy playing the game. Oh, that's three. That one was good. So um, four, four was when they went back to the, the when the the little girls were kids. Oh, and they went back to the house. Yeah, when yeah they went and they found and they did the pre pre pre. And the grandmother was there. And she's like, look, y'all, this is how it happened. So let's come upstairs so I can sell your soul to the devil. So now you belong to him and your firstborn son. That yes. one? Yes. They okay. should have stopped there. That right there would have been a great one. They didn't need to, they didn't, yeah. need, they, need, they didn't need to do dimensions. They, that was, that was lame. But then, you know what I did like from the last one with the portal is, you know, when they're in the kitchen and the little white, you know, the sheet over the ghost stands behind her and she turns around and it falls. Oh, that was wicked. I liked that. I liked that. That scared me, but I liked it. <laughs> I think that I like paranormal movies so much because I know it, it's real. I mean, obviously not to the extent of, you know, sensationalism, sensationalism in the movies, but it's real. And I can attest to that. We all can attest that, you know, our family can attest to that. So I think that's why I enjoy them so much. I think so, too. It was a, they were great films. But you mentioned a little bit ago, uh, back up a few seconds, maybe a minute or two that there is a difference okay, like i'm really gonna remember the timeline there's a, well i'm looking at the time running by my face right now because i'm looking at my the wave files as we record to make sure that all my audio and my there's no glitches in, in the, or stopping oh, i hear that recording. that's streaming shit <laughs> but uh, you mentioned that there's a difference between harmful magic and black magic explain because no, not to, no not not a difference i said it's it's currently controversial in the spiritual community to use the word to refer to harmful magic as black magic because then it goes into uh, using the word black you know the black people black community you know African traditional religion things along those lines so I think that from what I understand don't call me but using the term black magic to refer to harmful magic is really controversial right now so I mean it's out of habit that we say that but I think that going forward. Personally, I will no longer refer to it as black magic, but I will refer to it as harmful magic. Although earlier in the show, I did say black magic, but I now I am I am aware of that. I never, ever, ever until you just said something ever connected black magic being re, uh, related to the whole to uh, African Americans or anything uh, at all. Me personally, the term black magic is is the occult. It's the evil. And it's not it has nothing to do with with uh, with race for me. That I never even put those together. See, that's true. That's crazy. That is true for now. But we have to ask ask ourselves. I think the question that's currently being asked is, 
well, why is it called black magic? Where did that stem from? You know, and that's, you know, I don't have that answer. That's something I'm not personally going to dive into, but I am consciously going to, you know, use different terminology now because that's what I choose to do. You get it? But I think okay. that's currently, and I'm sure it's been floating around forever, but I have recently only been aware of it, you know? So harmful magic, evil magic. So that's what we're talking about then. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's the same thing. That's why. Okay. So I, all right. Yeah. I pick up what you're putting down. So, uh-huh. good, so good. and then for, for my listeners, I did mention very, it was kind of vague and it wasn't really in favor of, of, uh, separating the two or defining the two properly because i was i did an episode on the occult i'm not sure if you listened to that episode yet but it it kind of dove into into the witch's uh category in the subject however uh, when you look at the occult they don't separate really between uh good good magic or good witches and bad witches they're pretty much clumped in it just depends on what path you take so for for listeners who are still confused on what's the difference and why, what, what's the difference between the, the theatrical witch to the modern day witch and what, what is the, the main difference and what would you like to clarify as far as the term witch? Ooh, that's, um, that's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, a witch on TV is not real. That's not what a witch is. And I, well, I, okay. In different spiritual paths, I think that because I don't practice any of those, I, I don't know how true it is to the screen, but from my perspective, I, you know, as well as I do, I, I, I call, refer to myself as a bruja and a bruja is just the Spanish word for witch. Now, listen to this as odd as it may seem. I don't like being called a witch, but I do, I do refer to myself as the word bruja. And I don't know why English or Spanish sits differently with me, but I will always use the term bruja when referring to myself. The way I feel a bruja is, it's like, uh, it's hard to explain. It's like, for me personally, it's someone that is um, in touch with their ancestry, with their abilities, with the magic that's within us, the our belief systems and our own, you know, um, divine feminine strength and it, to me that income that's what a bruja is and i'm sure it's different for everybody to me that's what it means so i wear the name tag very proudly because it is it part of my lineage it is my ancestors and it is me so i will without a doubt jump out and say absolutely i'm a bruja now the problem with that is when you say bruja what do you think well me personally i just think uh when when i hear the word bruja because of the way that we we're conditioned to raise as kids it was someone who is meant to perform uh, cast spells and and curses on people growing up that's the only thing that i had to reference growing up i mean we heard uh, countless stories of someone getting cursed and hexed uh, you know in the in the mexican culture especially in our family and i never related which as a positive or right it's an insult right right it's a bad thing to be called a witch that's currently what i i have not yet um face-to-face personally battled with that but i know it's coming it's it's inevitable you know and people throw the term around all the time you know they're having a conversation with them it's an insult they're like oh my god you're such a bruja and this and that it's like whoa wait a minute back up you know and no one's done it to me but i know it's inevitable you know it's going to happen but i think that's i'm i guess i'm kind of preparing myself for that conversation or I, it could just not be a conversation i could just be like fuck you and just move forward you know i really because my patience is low although i'm learning i you know me i've I've come i have 
evolved from a horrible temper, from a horrible human being to just being so hurtful and malicious. And I've grown and I'm very proud of that. But I still got a little bit of that in me. So it, it comes out every once in a while. You know, the although it's it's it, you know not all joking aside, but I think one of the best movies in modern day history to bring positive light to witches was actually Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That's interesting. Harry Potter. Well, because the whole movie is about witches and wizards. The whole movie. Yeah. And it showed the the positive the positivity of of I mean good witches. If you know the whole. The whole movie. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched them, but they're amazing movies. And it, they, of course, they have the I'm bad gonna, ones. They have the bad. I'm ones. not gonna lie. That is too many hours of my life. I'm not gonna lie. I have seen a couple of them. They are. Those are some of my favorite movies. I never wanted to watch them until the kids and Teresa finally convinced me to watch them, and I was like, oh, all right, I watch them, and shit, I got hooked. But that, but the the, the portrayal that they have of witches was is actually a good one. It brings positivity into the community. Is there a exactly. witch community? Exactly. There's an everything community. Absolutely. It's a it's a meta, it's the spiritual community, the metaphysical community. You know, you have pagans and I see I don't I'm not going to speak on that because I don't really even know what the terms are. Or what's the right word? I don't know. I that's not my path. My like I said, my path is Mexican. Uh, and that's my lineage, you know, my, for my lineage. That's my heritage. That's where I am. And it took me a long time to get here and to be anyway. Yes, there is a community community. <laughs> There's a community for everything. But with all the social media platforms that exist, sometimes you can unknowingly just get caught up in a lot of facetious situations or a lot of scammers because that's coming up a lot. And that hurts my feelings when people bring that up. They, you know, they're all scammers and this, that kind of hurts my feelings, you know, because rude, I'm, I'm not a scammer, but I, I understand why it is said. So you have that community. You have, of course, you have that community of, you know, your brujas and your brujos and your espiritistas and all these other things. You have this community, but you got to be careful because not everybody's legit. And it can take you to down a harmful path or they will just suck you over and take all your money. So it's it's a slippery slope, but you got to be careful. But there is a community. Do you feel that people would would reach out for, for your services a lot more if there wasn't that stigma, if there wasn't that what is it absolutely i think not necessarily me personally but absolutely i think that people would reach out for help so much more often and openly if it weren't for all the judgment and stigma and everything that exists in society yeah because i mean you hear i mean now but not so much now but when we were younger before you know we we do taking your your path that you that you that you're on when we heard of people you know going out to get tarot readings or going out to get a you know light worker information or even talking to mediums or psychics we make fun of them i mean that's just yeah it, we did number one because we were taught that and also push come to shove we were taught that it was evil tarot cards yeah. are evil that's the devil it's like whoa what the heck you know so that's what i believe too yeah that's and that's that's what i mentioned on my occult uh episode was that they automatically refer to tarot as tarot cards and tarot readings as the uh kind of like the the lesser of a ouija board where it's it's an opening and it invites things and opens realms and all this other crap that at least that's what i read when i was doing the occult uh see here's the thing you're right but in our you have and if you i don't know if you remember but in our family like in the mexican community it's not even referred to as a portal, as an opening, similar to Ouija boards. The cards themselves are evil, like they're from the devil, you know? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, That's I, how I, I it was introduced to me and our family, because what you're saying is correct. It's, it's just a divina divination tool. That's all it is. So it can serve the same purpose, same concept, roughly or vaguely, as the Ouija board, because it's just a, it's just a tool. That's all it is. So in a, f in a few short words, what would you want to clarify with, with the term witch? 
La Bruja. It, oh my God. Don't believe what you see on TV. If you have questions, ask someone. Ask if you know someone that refers to them as a bruja or a brujo, ask them, ask them, have that conversation. Which you can actually that's, that's all. You can actually email uh, my sister Anna Romero through her website and ask her all the questions yeah. you want. She's really, really easy to, to talk to and she'll be more than happy to to respond to your emails and, and clarify anything. Because I mean, I'm not, not, I wouldn't say image, but clarification and making people understand exactly what is what, it, it helps them let go of that stigma and that, and that embarrassment and you know, get better in tune with their lives by reaching out to the proper people. I agree. And oftentimes if, and I'm going to be honest with you, and if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you, I don't know the answer, you know, let's figure it out together. Or maybe I can redirect you to someone else, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to make up some story. I'm going to tell you, look, man, I mean, I don't even know. I'm not going to lie, but I will do the best that I can. So now what were you going to say about demonology? Now that we got all that out the way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So you, okay. Ed Warren, you said he, I was a self-proclaimed demonologist, correct? Correct. And you asked, well, how does one even do that? Correct. correct. How do you even decide how you self-proclaim yourself? I don't know if you if you happened upon the interview, the audio interview with him, with Ed. And when he asked him, how, why are you a demonologist? How do you become a demonologist? He says, I never became, and I quote, I never became a demonologist. I was born a demonologist. That's how he referred to it. And he said it was, um, and he goes in to say, so yes, it was self-proclaimed, but he, not because he decided to give himself the label because he was born into the title, or I guess the title, he was born into it. So that is who he was born to be. And he did say that, yeah, you know, there are several degrees that you could, excuse me, get like theology and psychology to help being, you know, with um, the concept or the role of being a demonologist. But in order to be a true demonologist, you have to be born into it. And he will, and you know, they ask him, well, how do you know what you know? How is it the fact that you just know how, what, how do you have this information that supports you or reflects you, or I guess solidifies you as being a demonologist? And he said also, I quote, which I, I can relate to this, but not in the sense, I don't call myself a demonologist. I don't want to be a demonologist. I'm too scared. Anyway, he says, he says, um, he was born with the knowledge of the supernatural. And when he didn't have that knowledge, it would come to him through an angel or spirit guide. That, that's how, that's what he said. So that statement goes back to all the Claire's, you know, your Claire, the clairvoyant, the Claire, you know, all these different Claire's. So that's how, that's why he decided, that's how, why he said he was a demonologist. That's why, that's how where his self-proclamation came from. Straight Lady Gaga born this way, huh? <laughs> yes, very much so. And he was, his audio, it's, uh, it's a rough audio because it has like this clicking sound in it and it hurts. It, it, it's horrible, but if you can get through that, I, it's an audio worth listening to. I should have sent you the link. I want to find it. I'll send it over. So, I'm, yeah. If, so if you send it to me, I might be able to take the clicking out by some editing. And, but I couldn't, I started listening to that, but the clicking was overwhelming. My head was hurting. So I'm like, fuck this. So I'm you did, listen. you don't know what I'm talking about yeah, then. I know what you're talking about. I didn't, yeah, because you have to, to turn the volume up like, like to the hundreds, yeah. but, and you could barely hear the voices, but that clicking, oh my God. Yeah, you can hear it's the, bad. the humming is awful. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. I didn't, I couldn't. But the words, yeah. So that's how, that's why he proclaimed himself as a demonologist. So you tell me. How, why are you? How are you proclaiming yourself a demonologist? Do tell, inquiring. I'm one of those. Well, number one, because I'm interested in the subject, and since it's to you know, I have the right to do what I want. 
and I decided Word. to take that. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's, it was actually just a, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a tongue in cheek type, uh, type proclamation. I, it's, it's one of those, if I can, if I can, uh, make a, make my people smile just by, by, uh, adding some little, uh, little teasing and, and uh, jokes <clears throat> here and there, it, you know, I would never legitimately walk around and produce cards out saying that I was, I was a, a demonologist unless I actually went through the courses. <laughs> get, those get those t-shirts made. <laughs> you know, but I would, I mean, uh, in later on year in the, in my podcast progression i might actually make a shirt with the warrens episode and says hey i'm a demonologist now you know just for merchandise mm -hmm. that would be but, very very cool yeah but as far as i think personally i think that you should pursue becoming a demonologist i agree i think so too but i don't want to bring any negative juju into my household because Teresa would get mad at me well you have to understand that there, well you don't even have to start with that route first because i know that you come more from a knowledgeable you you want the facts you want you know pen to paper you want the words and, and you can do that because i researched it and there are actual degrees and um courses that you can take to support being a demonologist there's actually a degree you can get a master's in parapsychology which is the study, you know, it's magic and the paranormal, but in the historical context, out-of-body experiences, hauntings, dreamings, and psychic, psychic abilities. So I think that degree really puts you in the direction and supports you, you know, becoming a demonologist. I, I would, I'm going to look that in. I would be awesome to do. Yes, parapsychology. And there's other stuff too, you know, I, there's Satan history of ideas, obviously started the history and, you know, how it was portrayed and came about and the meanings. And there's with the courses, there's like witchcraft and magic, folklore and the supernatural and ghosts, which is in demons, the Renaissance supernatural. That I, one's funny to me. I, the, yeah. That one's like, what? Yeah. There's all these different courses, but parapsychology is at, and it's an actual degree. You can get a master's in it. Damn. Wonder what it's like, now I want to get it. Yeah. Make some money. Actually charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a no. It was it was mostly for tongue in cheek because if he can do it and they were calling him a fake, then why can't I do it? And you can't prove I was a fake because I don't have any cases out. <laughs> 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 but no, well, that, I think that's definitely something you should pursue. I think so too. That'd be fun to to learn about. Yeah, that'd I be think. a blast. I was wiping something off my screen. That's why I stayed quiet. So oh. it's a. Uh, let me see here. God damn, I'm going on an hour and forty. So I think we're gonna go wrap it up now because it's been a that's okay. my longest episode so far. So. I, appreciate. I hope that we're able to keep a lot of the content, but we'll see what comes of it. Oh, we're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the whole thing. It's gonna, the whole thing. I just oh, have to edit awesome. out the. I have to edit out all the the blank spaces, all of the extra noise, and um, erase our. If depending on how many ums and stuff we hear, I hear throughout the uh, the thing. That's all I edit out. I edit out the the uh, exits, but the actual audio itself of us talking, Mel, we're, I'm, that's gonna stay all inside the the episode. I'm not cutting any of that out. Good. I hope that what we shared and what we talked about was useful and it helped it, you know, brought some laughs because, you know, that's where we aim. It's fun for us. I enjoy our conversations, but I hope it is actually helpful to people and it answers some questions that people might have and it just encourages people to reach out to us and ask whatever questions, they, more questions they might have. Yep. And uh, just for a recap at the beginning of the episode, that was two, uh, an hour and 40 minutes ago. You can reach out to Goddess Guidance on her website, which is AnnaMRomero.com. The link is actually on my website, just on the sidebar. Click the little arrow and links will pop up and you can uh, click directly. Uh, she also said that if you mention that you are being sent from the Graveyard Grumbler, that some sort of discount will be put into place. You yes. have to email her to find out what it is. 
and hopefully you know she uh she's able to help you out in your life direction and make you happier if that's what you're seeking again she doesn't do curses which i'm upset about she doesn't (laughs) she's not no harmful stuff i don't do harmful stuff she's not going to uh she's not going to tell you the future you just have to live that out day by day like the rest of us don't try to cheat but i will Uh, i will provide as much inside guidance and self-empowerment as provided from you your divine spiritual support teams i will do that's what I'm here for, just to help. There was also another thing that I've read on your Facebook that you said you will never do, and it has to do something with relationships. And I don't remember the actual. Oh, thing I that you will said. not. I will not come through and tell you is my boyfriend cheating? Are they cheating? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you when you're gonna meet your next partner. Uh, number one, I stay out of the love arena because people slip and slide into it it, it kind of consumes them you know and you have and i'm this is from experience and you have situations where people both men and women because i used to do it i used to you know talk a little bit about relationships but you have people come in where they're and they're obviously in very unhealthy relationships right but because the cycle keeps reoccurring they firmly believe that that's their soulmate or that's their twin flame so when these readings come up and they say look you don't need the answer you don't need the cards to tell you because you know the guides and everything will come through and they'll say stop they'll literally okay i see things as images as well i have several different clairs so they i will literally see like some someone holding up a sign like a picket sign with the word stop on it because they don't want me to read instead they want me to just convey what they're saying and they'll say you don't need the card to tell you you are experiencing unhealthy and toxic you know situations that is something that you have to acknowledge and discern on your own you don't need cards to tell you that but then again they just want more so the cards will come through you know this is an unhealthy toxic you're dealing with unhealthy toxic cycles or you know these it'll be various forms of communications and you know just various communications that will support the fact that you are in an unhealthy situation but they are so consumed and so focused on the twin flame and soulmate that they will ask again and again but this is my twin flame but what do the cards say is this my soulmate i know it's my soulmate because they keep coming around over and over again look I can't help you at that point. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what you want me to, what you want to hear at this point. There's nothing I can do. You get what I'm saying? Because they're so consumed in it. I have to walk away. I have to tell them, you know, this is it. This is all I have for you. This is all they're conveying to you. The rest is up to you. You know, I am, I firmly support free will. And that's also why I don't, I choose not to go into the air, the direction of predictions because I support free will more than anything else. Okay. So there you go. Don't ask her for any love advice because she's not going to tell you. Because you know, you know they're cheating on you. Don't even. <laughs> That's no lie right there. And so, yep. if uh, so, any of my followers who want to follow your social media, where do they go? My social media. You can find me on Instagram at goddess under, underscore guidance twelve, the number twelve. On Facebook, you can find me as goddess guidance twelve. And on my website as well as he's posted on his page, Anna M Romero.com. That's Anna with two N. You can also find me on YouTube, and that name is a little bit longer, but if you go to my website, you will find my YouTube tab, and that'll take you directly to, directly to my page. Awesome. So That's how you can find me. So for those of you, check out her services, and hopefully, again, that it helps you with your life choices and, and things that will make you become a better person, because we need less shitty pers- people in this world. We Yes. We, it's, we just need to be encouraged to make better choices. Yep. I agree. And so that's going to wrap it up here again. Thank you everyone for the love and support, the following downloads, the listens continue to share and like my podcast with your friends and family. Uh, If you have an iOS device, a Mac or an iPhone, go leave me a review and a rating and just 
it helps my uh, my show build up and it you know makes me feel good that people are actually enjoying what I'm putting out. And if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for new episodes, feel free to email me at graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, Instagram, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast, Facebook, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast, or Tino Romero, either one. You'll be able to reach me in all three. Or you can just hit me up on my website. Either one, it's all there. I thank everyone very, very much. Uh, Anna, thank you very much for your time and your professional opinion on these cases. But before I wrap it up, flat out, Warren's fake or not? No. No. But I do think that they were they sensationalized themselves for the sake of publicity. For the sake of publicity. No, there you have it. She agrees and disagrees. So they're fakes, yep. but they, <laughs> they blew it up too much. Yeah. That, that answer was as clear as mud. So great. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. Stay tuned for next Friday's episode, which is going to be a good one. I'm going to discuss. Aren't they all good ones? I would say so, but you know what? People have, haters have their opinion. I don't. <laughs> but uh, they uh, next week's episode is going to be about Skinwalker Ranch. That's all I'm going to leave you wondering, Ooh. and uh, it'll be a great episode. So. I appreciate everyone. Thank you, everyone who listens to my show around the world. Good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Beautiful friend. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.